0: And so, people will spend 12 to 18% more when using a credit card versus using cash. 12 to 18% more. Mm -hmm. So, off the bat, they may give you 1% in rewards or 3% in rewards on something, but on average, you're gonna spend 12 to 18% more. Cash triggers a pain point in your brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cash makes you feel the transaction and you actually remember that you spent something. So, the next day, If it's like, hey, did you go out for lunch yesterday? I don't remember. If you spent cash, you remember because you have $20 less in your wallet or $10 or $8, whatever it is. You see the difference and you remember it more. And that causes you to say, oh, I ate out yesterday, so I'm not going to eat out today.
1: Welcome to Getting Money Right with Leo Sabo and David Thompson. In the last episode, we discussed debt traps, the type of loans or agreements that can cause damage to your finances and how to best avoid them. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the psychology behind credit card use and learn how reward programs as well as other strategies are used by credit card companies to incentivize our use of credit cards. We believe understanding the psychology involved in the purchases you make every day, especially when credit card use is involved, will equip you to make better financial decisions that will keep you in control of your money.
0: Yep. So we've talked about some of the incredible marketing that these companies do from the payday loans to the title loans to the rent-to-own places. And I want to kind of point out the probably the best marketing that I've ever seen and the people who've done it better than anyone else in the world, and that is the credit card companies. Yes. And this is the next form of debt that can easily trap you. We talked about two or three very clear ones that will grab you quickly. Credit card debt is kind of sneaky. Mm -hmm. It'll grab you over time. And the marketing is phenomenal. They will get you sucked in by saying, hey, you actually make money when you spend right cuz we're going to give you back 1% cash 2% <laughs> cash for every every dollar you spend on groceries we're going to give you five times the rewards
1: i got something in the mail today yeah that said 10 times and i i noticed it it said it had three different things one time this something else and then the last one said 10x and I noticed it just as I was ripping it up and throwing it in a trash can. Yeah, and I noticed <laughs> because, it because that's as what as I normally do. Right. Because because I've read through them. Uh, I honestly I've read through through them because I I'm interested in knowing oh, what yeah, are they of really offering. Right. I'm not stupid. If it's a good deal, I'll take it. But in reading through it, you realize uh, where the hook is, yeah. and you realize what the real cost is. If right. you really read, take the time to read through the contract and realize that by the time you pay the annual fee, yep, and the interest if you don't pay it on time you're way upside down. They're making a ton of money and you're making nothing. You're losing money.
0: And, and, you know, two times rewards on travel. Well, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but somewhere around 80% of those rewards never go claimed. Right. A, because there's often sneaky blackout dates in there. Yep. B, because it's hard to access. And C, because people tend to just forget about it. Yep. Uh, so, or don't I mean, take the time off. I mean, right.
1: Americans are notorious for leaving their vacation laps and, and roll over to the next year or lose it altogether.
0: Right, right. So. So, so you have this credit card program that's basically telling you you make money when you spend using their product. You make money when you borrow our money. That's what they're telling you. But let's look at the truth of this. Uh, If you spend with a credit card, uh, and every time you swipe, if you were to choose one category of your budget, one category of your budget, let's say groceries, or let's say date night, if you were to choose to do that in cash instead of using a credit card, Mm -hmm. when you go to spend the actual physical cash, your brain goes into a different state. You begin to think, well, if I have a hundred dollars for groceries this week, uh, you know, I can buy a two dollar gallon of milk. I can buy a five dollar frozen pizza. You begin to calculate it in your mind. You're like, yeah. okay, I'm looking at broccoli for two dollars. I'm looking at apples for, oh, that's two fifty. You, you begin to add it up in your mind, and when you go to do that one hundred dollar transaction, it feels different because you see the hundred dollars disappear. Whereas if you go with a credit card you think, okay, I'm just gonna swipe and I'm not gonna feel it. And you don't even think about, you think about your total available balance on a credit card, which may be a $1,000 spending limit or $10,000 spending limit. And you think, oh, I've got $10,000 I can spend and I'm only gonna spend 100 today. But you don't spend 100. You end up spending 120 yeah. because you think I can afford the extra potato chips or I can afford the chocolate at the end of the aisle. And so people will spend 12 to 18% more when using a credit card versus using cash? 12 to 18% more. Mm. So off the bat, they may give you 1% in rewards or 3% in rewards on something. But on average, you're gonna spend 12 to 18% more. It's very similar with a debit card. With a debit card, you have cash in your account at the bank and you're spending down that cash But again, you're swiping and you think, oh, I've got $1,000 in the bank and I'm only going to spend 50 today. And so you you feel a little bit more pain, but you're drawing from this large nebulous number. So you'll tend to spend 12 or 10 to 12% more than you would with cash. Cash triggers a pain point in your brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cash makes you feel the transaction and you actually remember that you spent something. So the next day, if it's like, hey, did you go out for lunch yesterday? I don't remember. spent cash you remember because you have twenty dollars less in your wallet or ten dollars or eight dollars you know whatever it is you see the difference and you remember it more and that causes you to say oh i ate out yesterday so i'm not going to eat out today or i'm going to wait you know a few more days until i go and do this next thing you remember the transaction when you swipe you tend to forget that transaction very quickly because there's no pain point and that even accelerates when you buy online because when you buy online you spend hardly any time, some people will research, but you spend hardly any time digging through the details. You see something you want, you one-click purchase it, it goes through your credit card, you feel no pain at all, right? And within 10 minutes, you'll have forgotten that you bought something. Right.
1: You know? and, that, and that's where the danger comes in. Is, and these credit cards know, they've done the research, they understand the, the emotional and the psychological behavior that affects our spending. That's why Amazon has them one-click. You think they're doing it for... Our benefit? No. You know, the information is there, whether it's one click or 10 clicks, doesn't matter to them. Yep. If you've agreed to make a purchase, you've agreed to make the purchase. However, if, if you have to go through a four or five step process to get to that purchase, it gives you more time to think about yeah. is this the right thing for me to do right now? Right. Is this amount the right amount to spend? Is this the right purchase at this time? So it gives you that delayed. Uh, effect, so to speak, to give you the, the chance to, right. to think it through. Whereas if it's one click, if you have an emotional trigger, oh, I want to buy this book, and you just hit click, boom, it's that's it. Right. It doesn't matter if five minutes from now you think, oh, I probably should have not bought that I should have bought something else. It doesn't matter. You've already done it. So it is part of that. It's making mm-hmm. it easier because the less you think about your purchase, right, the easier it is for them to cash in on that right. purchase. We don't mean to sound like this is a big conspiracy against you. Just realize <laughs> that that this is how organizations like credit card companies make money. They right. make money by you behaving a certain way, right. and they're going to do everything they can to influence you to think and act in the way they hope you will, because right. that's what's going to make them the most amount of money. Right. Now, that doesn't mean they're evil. I do believe that sometimes they charge way more than they should. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that's right. But it's not to me, it's not a moral issue so much, because it's not like a payday loan. Credit card companies have contracts just like payday loan companies have contracts. But the ones that are written for credit card companies are much more clear. It's very clear to know what your interest rate is going to be, what your grace period is going to be, what the late fee is going to be. All of that's laid out very clearly. Um, So I know that for most people, if they take the time to read it, they'll know exactly what they're getting into because the big stuff is there. It's part of the the agreement that they have – well, the law they need to abide by, that they have to put these highlight information in a bold print, it has to stand out, and it has to be very clear.
0: Yeah, and and I'll take a little bit stronger stance against some of the credit card companies because sometimes they know who to pick on and they intentionally pick on the people that they know won't make the payments every month or that they know will borrow $1,000 or $2,000 and they'll only make minimum payments. They will target people who are right on the edge financially. I guess that's the words I'm looking for. These are people that are right on the edge because they know that somebody like Leo is going to have a budget in place and he's going to pay it off every month. And they actually have really negative terminology for people that paid their balance every month because they're not actually making as much money on them. They make some money through the credit card fees and the processing systems, but they're not making as much money. So they target people who are right on the edge who they, who they hope can't actually pay off their balance every month. And to me, that's a little bit, uh, I'm going to use the word usurious. It's when you have usury in the interest rate and you're charging more than is fair or you're charging something that's so exorbitant that somebody's going to be trapped by the debt. And I think too often we see people trapped by credit card debt in these credit card companies. I don't know that the whole system is morally wrong, but I know there are some banks and some of these credit card producers that intentionally target people to trap them. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. To get the interest. (laughs) And and I understand the business model. Sure. uh, You know, and I understand capitalism and, and it's fair and it's it, it should be allowed that you can express yourself in the free market and that you can buy and sell a product that's why payday loans do exist in many places mm-hmm. you know I do think that you should have the free will to choose to go into debt to someone but Leo and I want to teach you not to go into debt and we want to want to do everything we can to encourage you if you're if you're there today dramatically change your life mm-hmm. to fight your way out of it and never go back and so there's been some really cool studies done by a number of different places, uh, Dun & Bradstreet, uh, MIT, the Journal of Consumer Research, Carnegie Mellon, uh, and they have found a ton of different things. A, that 12 to 18% number that I talked about earlier, they found that you're going to spend more on the credit card than you would with cash. So I highly recommend finding a few categories that you're only going to spend in cash. Um, they also found that we are unconsciously willing to spend more depending on how many credit cards we have in our wallet. right. So if we have multiple credit cards in our wallet, we'll actually spend more because we feel comfortable knowing that there's a lot of plastic there. Yep. Uh, they found that the more cards you own, the larger the purchases you're willing to make. Uh, they have found that you'll make quicker purchases. They found that you will actually pay, we said 12 to 18% is the average, pay more with a credit card. If you're looking at non-physical items, so with milk or with bread, you know what that costs, and so it's a pretty physical, concrete item. But a non-physical item like baseball tickets or like a flyer at a baseball game, yep. you'll end up spending 50 to 100 percent more mm-hmm. on those items when you use a credit card. You would never buy it with cash. Well, with a card, you just oh sure, if it's if it's for uh, you know postseason game. Well, usually you wouldn't spend more than 40 bucks. But when you're online and you've got your credit card, you're like, okay, I'll spend 60 or I'll spend 80. And you just don't feel the pain. So you'll spend 50 to 80 or 50 to 100% more. Uh, One thing that I thought was super interesting is just seeing credit card logos causes us to spend more than we otherwise would. Mm -hmm. So if I owned a store... I would have credit card brands all over the place, just hoping that it would cause people to spend more. I mean, but it's interesting because deep in our psyche, we see those logos and we think, oh, there's money to spare. There's extra money. I can spend it. Uh, And it's very interesting how well they've marketed their products, so much to the point that even seeing the logos causes you to spend more money than you usually would.
1: Yeah, most people will end up paying interest at some point in their life. And unfortunately, credit card companies count on a person getting stuck in the cycle of not being able to pay. Uh, the debt off every month. And having the high interest in your whole life um, for a long, long time, it's going to be very, very costly. I think that's probably the one thing that I would hope people will understand more than anything is that it's not about having a balance for a, a year or two. It's about having a balance that just goes on and on and on for years and years and years. And typically what you and I, David, have seen is that when we're coaching someone on finance, is that especially people that are maybe in their 40s or 50s or, or even older, is that they've had credit cards and they've used credit cards for 20, 30, 40 yeah, years. Absolutely. And have carried a balance at least on oh, one or yeah. two of those cards yeah. for that period of time. And when you do the math and realize how many millions of dollars they're making the credit card company, mm-hmm. yet they're going to basically retire destitute or with, with a very fixed, very difficult right. to manage right. income. And it's sad because they're giving away their wealth because really the number one reason is they don't have a plan.
0: Right, that's it. That's the main reason. They don't have a plan.
1: And and this is the one thing that we keep coming back to. And it's not because we're the budget Nazis, it's because we know (laughs) that a budget works. Everything that David talked about, uh, the behavior that we have, all of those things can be curbed, not completely done away with. I do believe that the research proves that when you use a credit card, you'll spend more than with cash. I know this to be true for myself. I know that I'll hang on to cash for literally months in my wallet, whereas I'm much easier to use a credit card. Now, I still spend based on a budget, but I know that the statistics that you mentioned, David, I know that it affects me as much as it affects anyone else that uses plastic. Yep. yep. But... I also have a budget and I know yep. what my limit is. Right. So yes, I might spend more in one purchase than I should, but overall I'm sticking to a plan. Right. And I'm I'm making strives to get to a place to where I'm gonna have a good retirement. I've been able to do things in my life, my wife and I, Natalie and I have, because we've stuck to a plan. Yep. And we've also not paid interest on credit cards for a long time. hmm Twenty-five years now. We've not paid interest on credit cards. And that's because we agreed never to have a rolling balance. That we, if if we had a rolling balance, we would, that month the first we month would, you we cut it up, <laughs> cut it up and never use it again. Yeah, and that's a huge commitment to make. But we've stuck to it because we believe that that's such a huge waste, not just in one month, not just in one year, but that money's lost forever to us. Right. And why would we pay money we don't have to pay? Yep. We work hard for our money. Why would we give it away? Yep. So we're trying to say to you that having a plan will help you to have a better management of your money so that payday loans, title loans, credit cards, all those things you can control instead of them controlling you. Yep, absolutely. that's that's really
0: important. Yeah, so when the average reward is between one to 3% and you're paying 15 to 29%, the first time you pay interest, yeah. you've lost all your rewards. I mean, That's you've right. gone upside down. That's right. uh, it, the interest rates are 10 times higher. Uh, a lot of cards will have an annual fee. Not all, but a lot of cards will have a $100 annual fee. Well, usually the reward ones do. Oh, yeah. Especially the, the airline miles, those kind of things. They,
1: they could be as much as $400, 500
0: Right, right. And so even if you're paying $100, think of how many at, at 1%, how much you have to spend you have to spend $10,000 to get a $100 in That's rewards. Right. So you got to spend $10,000 just to get that. And again, you're going to overspend usually with a credit card. So be aware of that. Uh, 47% of credit card holders carry a balance over from month to month. 32% say they can only make the minimum payments some months. Mm. So- You know, we're talking about it and you might be thinking, well, you know, I don't struggle with that or I'll never struggle with that. 47% of people carry over balance. 32% say they can only make the minimum payment some months, meaning they're not able to go and actually make aggressive payments towards that debt. So having that budget gives you the clarity that you need to actually deal with the problem. Yeah. In fact, when you're operating on that budget, you have to get away from looking at the cash that's in your account as your baseline of your finances. This is what a lot of people do, is they go to their bank, they see that they have $1,000 in the bank account, and they begin to think, oh, I can spend today because I've got $1,000 there. Well, what we want you to do is get to the place where you're looking at your budget, which is on a separate tool. I recommend you download the one from leosebo.com, go to resources, download the creating a budget tool to create it, then download the annual budget tool to actually walk it out over the course of a year if you begin to live off of that annual tool, then you're gonna have some categories that accumulate money month over month over month, like clothing or um, like a medical savings account, and it'll grow. So you'll actually have $1,000 in your bank account But that money is allocated some to savings, some to some actual house savings, some to car repair, some to Christmas, some to birthdays, some to home maintenance, some to Mm -hmm. car replacement. You're going to see a cash balance in your account, but you're not going to spend based on that. You're going to spend based on what's in the actual budget. So you might think, oh, I've got an extra $300 at the end of the month. But all that money is actually accounted for to save up for new tires in the future, to save up for some birthday stuff or Christmas stuff that you know is coming. And so this is the way that we need to be beginning to shift our mindset when we go away from credit cards and, oh, okay, I want it, I swipe it, to, okay, I want something, I put it in the budget, I save up for it month to month. Now you think about those rent-to-own places you know, it, it would have been that you spent $1,000 on something. But if you had really searched it out and had cash, you could have probably bought it for 800 mm-hmm. And instead of spending that extra $200, let alone all the interest, that almost doubles the initial payment. Yeah. You've got that budget in place and you're utilizing it. So uh, Leo and I, we each have a savings account where money accumulates each month for all those different categories. And so we track it through the online tool. We use that Excel tool and over time, those accounts grow. So you may have $500 uh, in a house repairs account. You may have $500 in a Christmas account. $1,000 in a future car replacement account, or $1,000 say for a vacation. You look at your bank account, and you've got $2,000 in savings. But again, it's all allocated, mm-hmm. and that's what we want to get you to is where you're thinking about the little things. You're thinking about saving for your next phone. So you don't have to swipe your credit card to buy your next phone.
1: Well, there's another aspect to this. You said that credit card companies um, have done the research and found out that when people have multiple cards in their wallet, they're bound to spend more money, 50 to 100% more or whatever the percentage was where they spend more, right? Right. Because they know they have that excess that they can tap into. So they know they're not really in danger.
0: Right. right, because yeah, they don't feel the pain. Yep. No,
1: well, there's no pain. There's also this security right. in that, security, even right. though it's really it's not security, right. but it's security, right? And we have kind of the same mindset when we think about our checking account. We get paid, and we've got this two, $3,000 in the checking account. So when we go out to eat, let's say we go with some friends, go get something to eat. And before you know it, you're ordering the most expensive thing on the menu. You're having some drinks with it and you probably could have eaten for 15 to $20, now you're spending 40 to $60. Why? Because you have this false sense of security that I, I just got paid, I got like $3,000. I could spend 60 bucks on a good meal. Heck, I deserve it, mm. right? And, and that's the mindset we get into. So it's the same mindset that the credit card companies have been able to research and find out that we are susceptible to this kind of thinking. Right. We sabotage ourselves because we think of our money as this pool of money that's almost endless And when we get paid, it's almost like we get a fresh um, infusion of cash that we can do with whatever we want because, hey, by the time we need the next one, another check's going to hit the bank. Mm -hmm. So we're fine spending at this rate. We don't think about everything. And that's what gets us in trouble. And that's what gets people to the point where they keep growing their credit card debt because when the spigot gets turned off, maybe put this another way, when the money that you're bringing in every month is committed to payment here and payment there, to these credit cards and these car payments, pretty soon there's no margin. Oh yeah. And now you struggle to make the utility payments and to meet basic needs like food and clothing. So now you're pulling the credit card out now because you want to have a good time. It's because you have to buy it on a credit card because there's not enough cash mm-hmm. to take care of it. And that's where usually people get to the point where they like realize, well, how did I get here? Right. We got here because we've spent money we don't really have because we haven't looked at everything. We just looked at this ambiguous number. Mm-hmm. That keeps fluctuating, and when it's big, we think we can spend. When it's small, we think we can't. When really, we should be guided by a plan that takes into account every expense. And as you say, David, when there's an expense that's going to be six months from now, I should be putting that aside every month until that bill comes six months from now, so that it's not an emergency because I know it's not. Right. You know, my right. my uh, my car insurance comes out every six months. Well, it comes out in August and in February. Yeah, Every year, August and February. So when it renews, to me, it's not a surprise. In fact, I know what it's going to be based on what it was last time and what I know it might grow by 5% or whatever. So I budget for it. And when that bill comes and it comes due— It's automatic. They just deduct it. In fact, I set it automatic so I wouldn't have to remember to pay it. Right, right. Otherwise, you know, you forget because it's not a bill that comes every month. Right, You tend Mm -hmm. to forget. So I just set it automatic. They automatically draft it. Now they will send me an email and say, hey, it's due. It's going to be drafted on this date. And I'm like, cool. I know I have the money in there to do that. But here's the beauty of that. Because I am disciplined to put the money aside and set it aside every month so that that sixth month, when it comes due, I'm not in a panic. I get to... Deduct a percentage of that bill. Allstate gives me, now I'm plugging mm-hmm. in a, a I don't right. no mean to promote them because all of them actually do this. Most of them will give you a discount if you pay in full. Why do you think they do that? Because it's not something everybody does. Right. If everybody did it, they would not <laughs> offer any discount for it. But so few people do it that they offer me, usually on my policy, I'll save at least 20 to 25% between all of the discounts they give me, but just on the payment alone that I pay in full instead of paying a monthly payment, I get about a 10% discount.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really interesting because one of the things you're really getting at is that when we um, don't have that plan in place and we have in our mind big numbers behind the purchase that we're about to make it changes the way that we make a purchase. So one example would be uh, just getting to the psychology of this. We're given three different examples. A, with the credit cards, you think, oh, I've got $10,000 on my limit, so I'm safe. Yeah. Or A, or B, you've started to do the budget and you say, oh, I've got, or you haven't really budgeted, but you've got $1,000 in your account, or you just got paid 3000 mm-hmm. and you think, oh, I can spend 60 bucks on dinner. Right. Another good example is when you go to purchase a home for the first time and you spend... Two hundred thousand dollars on a house, and you think, "Oh, okay. Well, what's four grand in furniture?" Usually, you would shop <laughs> really, really long and hard before you spent four grand on furniture. Right. But you just spent two hundred thousand dollars on a house. Yes. And she's like, "Oh, four grand for furniture? That's nothing. Oh, yeah, I can buy that two thousand dollar couch and that right. one thousand dollar armoire, and oh, I'll buy that over." Here. And you, the numbers are so large that it causes your psychological scale to shift. Mm-hmm. And so just be aware. I mean, this is just psychology in the way that we spend. Yes. <laughs> and the banks know it. Uh, Leo and I know it. When We teach you to budget. We're saying create that plan and don't spend according to what's in the account or spend according to what you just brought in on a big paycheck. Already have that plan in place. And there's another psychology thing that if you put money into savings, you're actually less likely to go grab it and spend it because in your mind, you've already set it aside. yeah. And so we're almost asking you for every paycheck that comes in, we're asking you to put it into tiny little savings buckets exactly, for housing, for car replacement, for birthday gifts, like put it in the, all these tiny buckets and it's in savings. So it'll be harder for you to go grab that money and spend it versus if you just swipe with your credit card constantly, you never in your mind had that money saved. There's a big psychology difference. Mm -hmm. The banks know it's there. Leo and I know it's there. and We want you to recognize it every time you're going to make a purchase.
1: Well, as we always do, we seem to run out of time before we run out of uh, being able to cover the topics that we are so passionate about sharing with your audience. So David and I will continue part two of this episode in our next podcast. We want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode. If you enjoyed it, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or on any app that you use on your Android device so that it's easier for more people to find and benefit from it. You can also share this podcast on your favorite social media platform. And while you're there, please find us, follow us, help us to know how we can serve you better by connecting and letting us know what questions you might have or what topics you'd like us to cover. You can find the show notes to this episode, links to resources mentioned in this episode, at leosebo.com. We look forward to having you join us next time so that together,
0: we can keep, keep getting, getting money right.
1: We sabotage ourselves because we think of our money as this pool of money that's almost endless and when we get paid it's almost like we get a fresh uh, infusion of cash that we can do with whatever we want because hey but then we need the next one another check's gonna hit the bank <laughs>